You're listening to a teaching from Sundown Church. We hope you encounter God through our podcast and experience freedom in your life. Well, good morning. We're going to jump right in it. We'll be in John 4, verse 7. This is the woman at the well. A woman from Samaria came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Give me a drink, for his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, How is it that you, a Jew, ask for a drink from me, a woman of Samaria? For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God, who it is that is saying to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. And the woman said to him, Sir, you have nothing to draw water with, and the well is deep. Where do you get that living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob? He gave us the well and drank from it himself, as did his sons and his livestock. Jesus said to her, Everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never be thirsty again. The water that I will give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. And the woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I will not be thirsty or have to come here to draw water. Jesus said to her, Go, call your husband and come here. And the woman answered him, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, You are right in saying I have no husband. For you have had five husbands, and one you now have is not your husband. What you have said is true. And the woman said to him, Sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. Our fathers worshipped on this mountain, but you say that in Jerusalem is the place where people ought to worship. Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem will you worship the Father. You worship what you do not know. We worship what we know, for salvation is from the Jews. But the hour is coming and is now here. When the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth, for the Father is seeking such people to worship Him. God is spirit, and those who worship Him must also worship in spirit and truth. This woman said to Him, I know that, I know that Messiah is coming, who is called Christ. When He comes, He will tell us all these things. Jesus said to her, I who speak to you am He. And there's this we, we've watched The Chosen. If you haven't watched The Chosen, watch The Chosen. I've, I've said that a thousand times. If you still hadn't done it, do it. Uh, because there is this, this woman, this story is in that, in that show, in the series, and it's perceived and it's told so, so beautifully. Uh, this woman who's, who's drawing water in the heat of the day because she's not allowed to go with the married women. She's, she's an outcast. She's, she's looked down upon because of the things that she's done. And in this moment, Jesus shows her kindness. He revealed truth. And the Lord just showed me this this week and really hit it home yesterday for me. And we'll get into that in a second. But He revealed to me in this story as He was illustrating His kindness and just reteaching it to me that her circumstances and the things that she had done did not just magically disappear. She still had to go home to a man that was not her husband. She still had five husbands before this one. She was still in a life of sin. She was still, she, her circumstances were still difficult, but now because of this kindness, she had what she needed 
to make change for the first time. She was now equipped to do what needed to be done when she was not equipped beforehand because He showed her kindness. But it's important to receive and see that that woman still had to go home at the end of the day. I think we think her story kind of ended right there. And I love this because in The Chosen, it shows her going home in the life that is changed in everything that happens. And it, it gets into how this, this man becomes her husband and, and uh, their, their relationship is just uh, a wonderful thing. And, and Jesus and the disciples stayed with, with them in their house when they were visiting. And I, it's not, we don't find that, we don't read that in here, but it's just a beautiful uh, outcome, a beautiful way to tell a story. But it drives home the reality and, and the need to reflect on the fact that her life was changed by that kindness, but her circumstances she still needed to deal with. Those did not magically disappear with this one act of kindness. And I'll get into that in a second. He changed everything at the same time because He gave her what she needed with this kindness to change her own story. So yesterday... Um, Sundown's been doing this the last few years. It uh, has a citywide cleanup day. It's pretty cool. They've, they've got it organized. They've got breakfast at the fire department, and they've got a list of all these places you can go. They kind of pair people off in teams and send them out, and they do some cleanup, and they help out around town and help people that can't help themselves. And uh, Really, they do, they do a lot of stuff that we do in, in the Kindness Project on Wednesdays. Uh, but what they also do... <laughs> And it was funny, I was reading this list, and I see these names. I'm not going to name any of them, and uh, I don't think any of this was done in, uh, in a negative way, but I see these names of people, young people, that are like, my neighbor needs to mow his yard if the city would come do that. I'm like, you're right there. Would just walk over and do it. But you, you expect the city to come do it on this day. And there were several where it's like, hey, this, this, uh, this older lady, she needs some help trimming her trees. Like, so you know of the issue, but you do not make the jump that it is yours to do. It's somebody else's to do. It's not my fault. I didn't do it. It's somebody else's to take care of. And so it, it was comical to me, this this inability to just walk across the yard and help. We, we sit, we've grown into this habit of recognizing the need, but sitting inactive, not seeing ourselves as the solution, not seeing ourselves as the one that could fill the need. I, I don't know where I heard this before, um, but I heard it somewhere and it's never left me alone. See a need, fill a need. If you see it, fill it. If you have the capacity to help, then go and help. And the Lord just, you can ask Sarah this, I have always had a problem with neighborhoods. I am as against a suburban lifestyle as you can get. I, am, I hate it. And I, I grew up, I did it. I've had it most of my life. A great majority of my life, I've not liked it. And the question that's always been accompanied with it, because I had neighbors and I lived in a house for 12 years in Katy, Texas, and I could not tell you a single one of their names. 
And I lived in this house for 12 years. And I don't know a one of them. Not a one of them. And they don't know me. And now, whose fault is that? That's my fault. I recognize the issue. I didn't do anything about it. But I would, we would drive around, and we've done this before in Lubbock, and we've driven around. We've seen these beautiful houses, and Sarah's like, I could live there. I'm like, I can't. And the, the thing is, and what I've thought it was in me was, you know, I want land. I don't want a little yard. I want a big yard. I want a yard with animals on it, big animals. And it was always this, que- uh, this question of, is this it? And that wasn't a reflect, because that's a lot of people, like my parents, they love their neighborhood. And now, I didn't know these neighbors. My parents know these neighbors well. My mom meets with them. They pray. They engage. They have a great time. The neighbors that have moved off, they still keep in touch. It reminds me a lot of Jay and Carrie. They know their neighbors. They know their stories, and they're a part of their lives. But as I was at, the Lord brought me back to this question again yesterday. I know this is a roundabout way of getting to this point, but the Lord brought me to this question of, is this it? And he said, that was a question I was asking. Because what you were recognizing, what, what I was seeing, but he was trying to show me, but I wasn't listening all the way, because I thought it was because of this, I, I didn't like a neighborhood because I wanted land. But what it was, is that people get this, they get this house, they get this nice yard, and then they build a border around all of it. This is mine, that's yours. Stay away from me, this stays here. We don't interact. I don't know you, you don't know me. Your problem is your problem. My stuff is my stuff. We do not interact. There's all these videos. I've seen so many of these videos that go big on social media of neighbors just go into war with each other. I mean, just viciously and maliciously attacking one another. All for the sake of, this is mine, that's yours, keep your problems to yourself. And it's like, is, at the end of our life, is that what you want? Is that it? That you, well, what did you do with your life? I bought a house in a neighborhood and I kept the yard mode. Can you bring that with you? No, you cannot. But know who you can bring with you? That neighbor. We can bring that neighbor. We can take them with us. We can't take the house. We can't take the car. We can't take for all of these things that we work tirelessly for. I'll get into a rut sometimes of things that I want, that I think I need, and I'm busting my butt to get it, and then the Lord will just have to bring me to this clarity of, why are you working so hard for something that you cannot do anything with when you die? Because while you're doing that, you're missing out on all these people that need me. Like, shoot. But that's what we do. We get focused on the little things that we want and your stuff is your stuff and his stuff is his stuff. It's not my business because I'm focused. I've got blinders on. What I want is what I want. What I'm doing is what I'm doing. Your problem is your problem. It's not my problem. But Jesus to this woman at the well made her problem his problem. Now, did her problems go away? No. They didn't. But he showed her kindness where there was an opportunity for kindness And because of that one act of kindness he showed, her life was now changed. The problems she faced, she now had an equipping to handle those problems. That one act of kindness that was not yours to do, but it was yours to do, because you're the one that carries the Spirit of God. 
You're the one that carries the Spirit of God with you. We can bring our neighbors with us. It's, it's a profound thing to think about. And it's really, you all know that we've moved and it wasn't, it wasn't two days that we lived in this house before we knew our neighbors and we knew their life story. We know them well. And they're, I mean, to the point now where it's like, where did Kai go? Uh, he's probably at the neighbor's house. And neighbor's house is not like he just walks across the driveway and there it is. It's like three acres down the road. And sure enough, we go outside and see him and he's walking back with a bag of cookies. He knows what he wants. He's a smart kid. He knows what he's getting after. But he knows these people and we've not lived there but for a few weeks. And it's not because of anything we've done. It's because if they see me outside, they come over. If they see me, see me working on something, he comes over. Can I help? This man's 72 years old. He's out there right next to me because I'm his neighbor. And that means something to him. The relationship means something to him. Look at Ephesians 4, 25. And now they're saved. These neighbors, they, they, they love the Lord and they walk with the Lord. And, but because they've engaged me, I know that I'll be singing praises to God in heaven with them, alongside them. Because they engaged They engage with me. It's important to remember this. I always love to bring us back to this point of Ephesians 4.25. Therefore, having put away all falsehood, let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor. For we are members one of another. I don't know how many times we need to hear it. Maybe it's a thousand times a day that we need to hear it before it will truly sink in and recognize this reality that we are members one of another, even those that are not saved right now are meant to be a part of what the Lord is doing in us. They are meant to be a part of this. And if they're not a part of it, you're just missing members that you're meant to be a part of and connected to. That's only hurting you. We've got to reflect that. If I just cut my hand off, yeah, I'm missing a member. And I could do a lot with that hand. And it's disconnected now. It's gone. I can't do anything with this, with this nub of an arm without that hand. Add that hand back to it, all of a sudden the capacity for the body has just increased tenfold. It can do so much more now because one more member was added to it. It's important for us to recognize that it is our job, it is our duty to speak truth to those next to us. And this is one of the beautiful things about living in a neighborhood is your neighbor is literally right there. It is not hard to just, boom, you're at your neighbor's house. It's really easy. Is it hard to do? No, it's not hard to do. You're right there. You can engage, and it's so simple to do, but in those engaging, you can change the culture on a street. You can change the spirit that resides over a home because you simply engaged, and not because you took away their problems, not because you did everything for them, but because there was an opportunity for kindness, and you, you went and you put kindness where it needed to be. You inserted kindness into a story that desperately needed it. The woman had done nothing to deserve this kindness. But kindness is what she needed, and it changed her story. It's important to recognize that you are the kindness bringers. If God is making His appeal through you, then you are the ones that He has chosen to bring kindness to. 
So if there's a neighbor across the street that's got a yard full of weeds and they're just not taking care of it, maybe you just go take care of it. Or you just ask them next time you see them, hey, can I help you? Can I do this for you? Or when you get home from work and you see them sitting on their porch, maybe you just go over there and start talking to them. Ask them how their day was. It's real simple to be kindness to these people, but we have got to be the ones that are going to do it because no one else is going to do it. Who else will God send? I, I, I continually throw Jay under the bus with this just because he lives in a big neighborhood in, in Lubbock, Texas, and um, I, I don't live there, so I, I have an outsider's perspective, but at, at the same time, it's a very limited perspective, but I can tell you every time I come into that neighborhood, I feel the Spirit of God in a heavier way. Like, I feel more of Him. Like, more of Him is being received the longer, because Kate lives in that neighborhood too. Just two families with the Spirit of God that are changing it to where an outsider could just drive in off the loop and feel the presence of God when you start to drive in. Am I wrong? Is it changing? It's changing. you got people that are meeting in their houses and having church. Sunday nights, they're just meeting and there's chaos everywhere. There's kids running all over the place, I don't know, throwing food on the walls, coloring on the walls, whatever, and the adults are sitting there talking about the Spirit of God and the goodness of God. Because someone showed kindness where there was an opportunity for kindness. We've heard the story of Andrew and Lisa. They're doing amazing things over there. Their story does not exist without the kindness of those that live in that neighborhood. Doesn't happen. We don't see it. We don't see the story of a relationship that was the world would say was destined to end and end tragically. And then the Lord got involved. And now we see this beautiful, wonderful relationship where the Lord is doing continual continually doing amazing and wonderful things in their lives because of somebody showing kindness. The problems didn't go away. But because of kindness, the Spirit of God had a foot in the door that could change that story. And that is our job, to be the story changers. God is making His appeal through us. So, like I promised, I said that we would talk about how we're not having church next Sunday. Um... And as I was driving around yesterday uh, and thinking about it again this morning, just asking God uh, what, we're, what it's supposed to look like, and He just simply asked this question, how can you be kindness to your neighbor? And He's asking us to ask ourselves, it, not for Sunday, but for this week, how can I be kindness to my neighbor? To actively and, and urgently seek an opportunity to be kindness to those around you. To be kindness to those around you. And then, because we won't have a service, there's an opportunity for us again. When, when, when we had no services allowed, um, and we were, we were not meeting and uh, doing all, or just trying to be smart and be safe and uh, everything that was going on, we weren't meeting. The Lord just made it so, so clear. And we talked about this several times that that time was for us to intercede over those next to us. That time we were having service with the doors open, the windows open, was for us to begin to intercede on on behalf of our neighbor, to stand in the gap that they would know Jesus, that they would encounter Jesus, they would encounter the presence of God during that time. And that need has not gone away. So next Sunday, we're, we're simply not meeting that we would have the focus 
of our neighbor. It's a lot easier to focus on your neighbor when you're 50 feet from them. Even if you're in your house, you're not far away. And you begin to intercede. You can, I mean, as simple as maybe they don't go to church. And maybe they're intimidated to come into a church. That's okay. Invite them over for breakfast. Put the service on when you guys are eating. There'll be a service. You can play it. You can live stream it. It'll be going. Or, or invite them over for dinner. Or just go talk to them when you see them outside anytime this week. Or help, help them with their groceries. Carry their groceries from their car into their, into their home or into their garage or whatever it may be. But be kindness to them as God reveals and as God has been kindness to you. And this is the big thing. This is the thing that I was seeing yesterday. That it, was, it was discouraging for me. Um, was that there are so many of us that are not for our neighbor. We are against our neighbor. Because they do something that frustrates us, annoys us, and we don't want any part of that, and they're just not taking care of their business. And I'm angry at them. That can't be. That can't be found in us. When they look at us, they should only ever see somebody that is for them, not against them. I don't care what they do to you. It doesn't matter. You should be for them, not against them. My, my, he was for at the time, taught me that. What it was to be for somebody that was different. Because I did not, when we lived in town, I did not like some of my neighbors. And I let them know. A minister in this community let them know, I don't like you. Because I wouldn't wave. I wouldn't go out of my way to interact with them. And then my son asked me, why don't you know what the inside of their house looks like? Because I've not been invited in. Why? Liam, that's a good question. But that, I mean, that profound four-year-old changed my life right then and there. And then not two weeks later, we got to see the inside of that home. Because a four-year-old was for them and not against them. And led his parents to be for them too. But if we could simply just grasp this one thing, and I'm telling you, it, it doesn't mean that every single day you have to be waiting for your neighbor to get home so you can talk to them or do something with them or be competitive. Because Have you seen some of those commercials where the neighbors are like competitive against one each other? Hey, I mowed your yard. Oh, hey, that's cool. I bought you a new car. And they're just going back and forth. That doesn't have to happen. You don't have to do that to show up one another. But simply be kindness where there's an opportunity to be kindness. Let them know that when they see you, they know that, that person is for me and you may be the only one. You may be the only one in their story where they feel confidently, this person I don't really know that well even, I know they are for me, not against me. And because of that kindness that you will show, you will give them all the ammunition they need to change their story. But God has said kindness is the key. Kindness is the sword that will cut through all of it. It is kindness. Kindness is what will build the flame. Kindness is what will build the fire. And it is our job to do it. And it is such a simple thing because we have these neighbors. We have these people that live next to us. And the Lord's just put them up on this silver platter making it so incredibly convenient for us to be God to them, to make His appeal clearly to them because they're just right there. They're right there. And it doesn't always mean, if you live in the country or anything like that, your neighbor is anyone you find next to you. 
at any given moment. Somebody in the line at the grocery store, that is your neighbor, and they are a member of you, and they are made for you, and you are made for them because you are both made for God. And there will be a moment, there will be an opportunity to be kind to them. And in that moment of kindness, that one act of kindness, that one speaking of truth, you can totally change their story as Jesus did with the woman at the well. He spoke kindness to her. He spoke truth to her. And in a moment, her life changed. That's how simple it is. There's not a complex formula to this. But again, the city of sundown needs to feel our presence. The places we live need to feel our presence. And if we were to be this community's church again, we can only do that if they know that we are for them, not against them. And it doesn't start with the entire city of sundown looking at us and saying that church is for us. It starts with the individual encountering one of us and knowing that that person is for me. And then it comes to corporate. Because anything we desire to see corporately must first be seen individually. They won't know that you're for them. If on an individual level with them, you're not interacting uh, with them and them seeing that, that appeal of God in and through you towards them. Thanks for listening to this message. For more resources, visit sundownchurch.com.